Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lakes and Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Friday, February 25th, 2022. And on Saturday, the Kentucky Wildcats travel down to Fayetteville, Arkansas to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks in a really key SEC college basketball game. It is a two o'clock start on CBS. Kentucky and Arkansas come into the game. Uh, Kentucky is 12 and three in the SEC. Arkansas is 11 and four. Arkansas is red hot. They've won 12 out of their last 13 games, including they were knocked off number one ranked Auburn when Auburn was number one at the time. And they, their only loss in that time uh, in the stretch of 13 games was at Alabama, a one-point loss, 68-67, uh, in Tuscaloosa to the Crimson Tide. Kentucky has played their last two games without uh, guard Severe Wheeler and Tata Washington. were able to win both those games, beating Alabama 90-81 in the other night beating LSU 71-66. Both those games were at Rupp Arena, so this will be a tougher task on the road. It'll be a tough task even if Severe Wheeler and Ty, Ty Washington are available. It'll be made even tougher if those two guys cannot play. But it should be a great matchup and a great game. And to preview the game, I talked with Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, Bob has covered Arkansas basketball for a lot of years. He's the, he's the expert. He's the guy you go to on Arkansas basketball. I talked to Bob, and then after that, you will hear John Calipari's press conference from today uh, when he talked to the media this morning uh, on a Zoom call about the game on Saturday. So without any further ado, let's get to my interview with Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my friend and longtime Arkansas well, athletics, basketball, football, you name it. He covers everything in Arkansas. Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Bob, how's it going? It's going well. How are you, Jeff? I'm good, Bob. Kentucky-Arkansas should be a great game on Saturday there at Bud Walton Arena in Fayetteville. Uh, what about these Razorbacks? First, go, Bob, let's back up to the beginning of the season. What, what were the expectations for this, for this team, uh, for this particular Arkansas team? Well, the expectations were high, you know, coming off their first Elite Eight appearance since uh, 1995. And, of course, they lost a lot of key players. Uh, first and foremost, Moses Moody, uh, their first one-and-done guy. I know Kentucky fans are used to that, but <laughs> Moses Moody was the first uh, Arkansas freshman to be a first-round draft pick. I, I, I started to hesitate to use the one-and-done because there have been guys who have been here for one year and then left. They just don't <laughs> go to the NBA, you know, <laughs> or, or other places for that matter. But Moses Moody... I think he was like a top 50, 60 player, but I don't, 
think anybody realized until about midway through the season he was probably going to be a first-round draft pick. So, And they, they lost some other good players. Uh, you know, Jalen Tate, who's played there at Northern Kentucky in the state, and Justin Smith was a transfer from Indiana. But um, that they returned some good players. And, and Eric, you know, Musselman really hits that transfer portal, you know, about as good as anybody, better than most. And so they were ranked number 16 in the – AP preseason poll. I think they're probably ranking most polls. They start off nine and zero. They had some, you know, they weren't super impressive in a lot of games, but they kept winning. And they had a couple solid wins over Kansas State and Cincinnati up in a tournament in Kansas City. And Illinois was up there, but they got drummed by Cincinnati. So they didn't get to play Illinois. But and they rose as high as number ten in the AP poll. And then they got drilled pretty good by Oklahoma in a game over in Tulsa and dropped down to like 24th. And then they lost to Hofstra in North Little Rock. That's kind of like Kentucky playing in Cincinnati or Louisville or something, you know, still a home court, but not their campus arena. Or I guess, you know, that's a city arena there in Lexington. But And so they dropped out of the poll. And then they start off 0-3 in SEC play, including a pretty stunning loss at home to Vanderbilt, which is their only home loss, by the way in Walnut Arena, and they were 0-3, and, and, you know, people were wondering, and they dropped down into the 90s in the net, and you're thinking, wow, this is going to be a struggle for these guys to make the NCAA tournament, you know, and then they just, Eric Musselman made some lineup adjustments. He went, you know, bigger and more physical and uh, put in Trey Wade, a guy who had not played very much, a transfer from Wichita, but a real physical forward who defends well, sets, you know, good screens, kind of does the, 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 the things that don't show up in the box score moves the ball well, uh, takes you know smart shots, and so after that they took out. They played Missouri, which Grant is not a very good team as we know from their record, but they beat Missouri eighty-seven to forty-three, mm-hmm. and they were up forty-nine to fifteen at halftime. And if you do the math, Arkansas could have gone scoreless in the second half and still won that game forty-nine <laughs> to forty-three. So that was that was a signal that hey, Eric's onto something here. And um, and then they went on the road to LSU and won, and they won. You know, they just kept winning. They they won twelve out of thirteen. You know, including beating Auburn here when Auburn was number one, beat them in overtime, beat Tennessee last Saturday in a real knockdown, drag out old time game, fifty eight to forty eight. And they really locked down on defense. I think at one point they had held eight straight opponents under forty percent shooting. Right. So they. They really locked down with defense. You know, they, they're a pretty good rebounding team. They don't have the kind of margin, you know, Kentucky does. They're about a plus four something. But, um, and the Eric's tightened up his rotation. You know, they're they're going with about seven or eight guys, and you know, they're 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 a very confident team right now. They went to Florida and won for the first time since 1995. You know, they'd won twice up since they had last won at Florida. So I know Florida's not, you know, ranked right now. I think that's a pretty solid team, and right. you know. So I went in there and beat them, and so they're they're feeling really confident going into this game. I think it's safe to say. Uh, the leading scorer, JT, JD Note, uh, what about him? What makes him an effective player for, for the Razorbacks? Well, if people remember last year, he was a sixth, uh, SEC sixth man of the year, voted on by the coaches. He played off the bench, I think, in all but one game. And uh, he averaged about 20-something minutes, about 12, 12, 13 points. And he was a very good player, but, you know, this year he's – moving into a starting role, playing big minutes unless he gets in foul trouble, which can happen from time to time. He's just got a scoring mentality. I mean, he's not shooting super well. He's around 40-something, I think about 42% from the field and 30-something on threes. But 
he just has a scores <clears throat> scores mentality, you know, and he's fearless. And he has a pretty much a green light from Eric Muscle, and Eric trusts him. And he knows that, you know, he might have to live with some misses, but JD's a confident guy. And, and um, yeah, he's he's been right up there with uh, uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. They've kind of been, and, and Molinar from Mississippi State, kind of been trading the scoring lead in the league. But he's just got a scoring mentality, takes the ball, strong to the pole, shoots threes, mid-range jumpers. And he's a really good – he's developed into a really good defensive player, too. I think he leads the, the league in steals. So he's a guy that's doing it on both ends of the floor. And he's – like I say, he's just got a scorer's mentality. Um, you know, just, 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 and he's a good free throw shooter, too. Obviously, he's a guy that's going to get fouled a lot. The other guy, the guy who's really impressed me in the times I've watched Arkansas is Jalen Williams. He seems like he's one of those guys who does a little bit of everything. Uh, what, what about him? Yeah, he's really come on. He was a guy, a 6'10 kid from Fort Smith, same Northside High School, same high school as Isaiah Jones. People remember him. And Ron Brewer from back in the day played, you know, the Cats in the 78 Final Four oh, yeah. with Park Triplets with Moncrief and, and Marvin Delft. But, um, um, yeah, Jalen's a guy, you know, that came in. And he, he started playing the latter part of last season. He was starting by the end of the year when they made their NCAA tournament run. But, Right, six ten, but he's really skilled. Um, he's one of their best passers. He's probably the best. As if people remember Oliver Miller, Arkansas's first year in the SEC. You know, Oliver was well. He is six nine. He's still six nine. I don't think he's grown or shrunk, but he was a really effective passing big man with really good hands. You know, first round draft pick by the Suns, played in the NBA for several years. And Jalen's just a really effective passer. Early in the year, when Arkansas was struggling to find a point guard, which no taste pretty much taking over that role now. But um, Jalen, he'll get out there on the perimeter, and he, he looks like he's a quarterback back there in the pocket getting good blocking. He's just kind of looking and seeing, you know, guys cutting and who he can move the ball to. He's a really, really good passer. He's always been a good rebounder. You know, he's second in the league be, behind uh, Sheway, and um, he'd be leading the league <laughs> if not for Oscar right. being a machine. And, um, and now he's got more of a scoring mentality. You know, he's had like uh, 22 points, I think it was, at Alabama. You know, he's had 19, so he's scoring a lot better. And then the big thing that really, I think, stands out is he's uh, taken a ton of charges, taking over 40 yeah, charges. Right. And, you know, he gets in there, and, and um, you know, it's not unusual for him. To, I think he's taken four charges three times this year in, in a game. Wow. And Rick Barnes, I think he drew three or four charges against Tennessee. He got to help get there. You know, he got a drew a couple fouls on, on uh, uh, Kenny Chandler, and he fouled out. Rick Barnes is not happy. I think he thought those should have been blocks. But I think it helps when a guy gets a reputation for taking charges. You know, it's kind of like right. uh, shooters, you know, really good shooters or scorers sometimes get the benefit of the doubt on a call. You know, like if, if, if they shoot an air ball, the ref just assumes, oh, he must have gotten fouled. He's too, he's too good you know, to shoot an air ball. And so I think uh, Jalen gets the – if it's like a bang bang play, and you're like, well, it could go either way, you know, I think they're calling it Jalen Williams' way a lot, just because he's got that reputation, and he's just a really sharp player. He just anticipates really well, and I think he has a good feel for when to try to take a charge, maybe when to rotate to try to get a block shot. Um, and so, yeah, he's just a guy like you said; he's just doing everything for him. And uh, you know, the key for Arkansas is for him not to get in foul trouble. But the other night at Florida, he got his fourth foul with uh, just under eight minutes to play. And uh, Eric kept him in the game. Eric Musselman did, and he played the rest of the, 
rest of the way, made some big plays without fouling out. So he, he he's a he's a very uh, heady player, you know, high basketball IQ. Eric Musselman, three years at Arkansas, three straight twenty win seasons. They're twenty two and six, eleven and four. Right now, going into the game on Saturday, uh, I assume he's a very popular guy right now with the Arkansas faithful. What, what, why do you think he's been so successful there? I know it seems like since since Nolan Richardson was there and Mike Anderson was successful there for a while, but they've had their ups and downs with coaches, uh, so forth. What, what's what's been the difference with Eric Musselman? Why has he been able to make it work there? Well, of course, going back to his days in Nevada, he. he this is his seventh year as a head coach, head college head coach, and uh, he's won 20 games, at least 20 games off seven seasons. You know, and, and Nevada Nevada was down when he went there. Arkansas, you know, I said Mike did a solid job. He never had a losing season, but he only went to three NC tournaments in eight years. And really, at Arkansas, program like Arkansas, that's really not, you know, you need to do more. And Mike realizes that. He was an assistant here with, with Nolan Ray for 17 years but yeah i think one thing eric has done is he's really recruited at a high level he you know the portal um you know everybody's doing it now but eric was doing it before it was cool i guess you could say (laughs) people think about the martin twins you know uh, cody martin who did so well at uh at nevada playing in the nba and then um you know this year you look at the team and uh J.D. Note is a transfer. Um, other guys that are starting. I think four of their starters are transfers. And so now they've up. But the next year, he's got like a top high school class coming in. Like, honestly, the kind of class you expect Kentucky to get. You know, Nick Smith here from North Little Rock is a lot of people, you know, player of the year nationally. Jordan Walsh, who they're, they're getting, uh, he's playing up in Branson, Missouri at Link Academy and some other good players from in-state. And so, um, and, you know, at, at Nevada, Eric signed a, a McDonald's All-American, a big 6'10 kid whose name escapes me, but he transferred to Arizona after Eric left. But if you can get a McDonald's All-American to, to Reno, yeah. that's pretty impressive, you know. And so when he's recruited at a high level, I think he's just a, an elite coach. He was an NBA head coach. Right. Um, I think that, that helps in recruiting. He's got a lot of NBA experience on his talent, on, on his staff. You know, he's smart. Obviously, everybody remembers him hitting the shot. For Indiana, yeah. but he and you know Keith was an NBA head coach, a longtime NBA assistant. You know some other guys on the staff, and so I think you know players obviously want to play in the NBA or at least you know, pro ball somewhere. And Eric, from all the years he coached in the NBA, the CBA, the G League, you know he's got contacts literally all over the world. So I think that's a big selling point with players is this is a guy that can help develop my game and he can help me you know, get a shot to play. Obviously, a guy like Moses Moody is a first-round draft pick, but then there are other guys like like Jalen Tate who's, I think, playing overseas. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and then he just gets these guys to buy in. I mean, last year they struggled. They were 2-4 and four to start the, the year in the league, and they I think they won 11 straight, you know, to end the regular season. And, uh, and you know, so I think it's a combination of, you know, really good recruiting uh, elite coaching X's and O's. You were a great motivator. You know, he tore his ACL in practice in early December. And um, then he, he was going to try to coach through it, and the pain just got too much. And so he had surgery uh, before they went to LSU. And Keith Smart actually, you know, coached that, that win, which is pretty cool because Keith's from Baton Rouge. And then Eric came back. He was supposed to miss anywhere probably from three to four six games he came back after one game <laughs> and, uh, and uh he's 
you know, he wears this sling. I think this might be the last game he has to wear it, but I was going to ask you that. Yeah. That's impressive. I mean, you know, literally coaching through pain Mm -hmm. and not get a lot of sleep, you know, some very sleep and not that he sleeps much anyway, but you know, even a workaholic, (laughs) you know, a little bit of sleep. And so, um, and Eric, really, he doesn't have, you know, it's basically with him. I think it's his family, um, and basketball, but that's impressive too. But yeah, Eric, I think Hunter Yurchek, he just really nailed it with that hire. I thought it was a pretty good hire at the time. Didn't know it'd be this good, but he's shown a penchant for turning teams around in a hurry. Took Nevada to the Sweet Sixteen. I guess his third year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that's a you know that's a program that's had success at the mid major level, but they've been down for about ten years. And then it comes to Arkansas, which is like I say had some good years under Mike Anderson, but wasn't consistently a big winner. And it really looks like with Eric, they're gonna um, they're gonna be you know winning consistently at a high level and winning big games and going to the NCAA tournament. You know, right, right. No. So, what, Bob, what do they have to do Saturday to beat Kentucky? Oh man, I was looking up at Kentucky stats, and I, I know that Washington Wheeler have been out, but yeah. um, you know, yeah, Kentucky's I think about almost a plus eleven rebounding. They're shooting close to fifty percent. They're shooting their threes well. We know they're a good defensive team. Um, but, yeah, I think Arkansas is going to need to really lock down on defense. That's been their their calling card for winning these games. I'm not saying they're going to hold Kentucky to, like, 35% shooting, but you may, don't, don't let them shoot 50%. You know, they, mm-hmm. they did hold uh, Tennessee well under 40%. I think it was about 35 or 36. Yeah. So I think they're going to keep playing that lockdown defense. I know Oscar's going to get his double-double, but maybe don't let him get, you know, 25 and – 25 or something you know i try to keep off the board somewhat Uh, i think they're going to have to get some transition points because they're not a real good three-point shooting team and like like everybody they struggle you know more against a set defense than they do obviously in the open floor so i think they're going to need to force some turnovers get some transition points um and you know note and Jalen williams they're they're two big guys they have to to stay out of foul trouble to stay on the court and you know crowd will play a big a big role i think um you know, uh, just, you know, feeding off that energy. I know Kentucky's not going to be intimidated by a crowd. And if people remember the game two years ago, you know, Cal got tossed and right. Arkansas ahead. And I think everybody thought, okay, you know, Arkansas's got them. And then Kentucky rattled off like a 15-0 run and turned the game around. But right. and, and Eric has talked about how, you know, they were a little too amped for that game emotionally. And that they, like he mentioned this after they beat Auburn, which, you know, that was like a, playing a similar team to Kentucky because Auburn was number one at the time. And um, so I think this year they're they're a little readier. To, you know, they, they knocked off Auburn. They knocked off Tennessee. They went to LSU and won. They, I think they've gotten used to playing these high-level games. You know, they went, went to Florida and won, which they hadn't done on so long. And, you know, that was only the second team. When they beat Auburn, that was only the second time they ever beat a number one. They, they were one in 11, I think it was. And of several of those losses were to Kentucky, going back to that 78 Final Four, and then as recently as the 2015 season, twice. Wow. I went number one. So you know, this team is doing things. And they say the only other time they beat number one was North Carolina in 1984. So it had been like 37 years. Wow. So they won at Florida in 27 years. And so they're, they're, this team is doing a lot of things they hadn't done in a while. And um, I mean, I don't know if they'll beat Kentucky, but I think they're, they're equipped to beat Kentucky. 
but it should be a great game there at Bud Walton Arena. Bob, uh, remind the listeners how they can find you on Twitter and how they can check on check out your work online uh, leading up to and after the game. Okay, well, yeah, we have ArkansasOnline.com. That's our uh, website with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And then we also have a website that I guess totally devoted to Razorback coverage called WholeHogSports.com. And then, gosh, my Twitter, I think it's Bob Holt ADG. That stands for Arkansas Democrat Gazette, but I think it's at Bob Holt ADG. But, you know, it's funny. It's kind of like your own number. You don't – Right. You don't, <laughs> you're not sure what you're it right is. The, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, Bob uh, Bob does great work. They all do great work there at the Democrat Gazette covering Arkansas sports. Like I said, it should be a fantastic game. I've been looking forward to this matchup for a while. It should be a great game. Bob, as always, thanks again for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Okay, no problem. It's, it's fun catching up. Okay, many thanks to Bob Holtz of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Be sure to check out his work online. And after the break, you'll hear John Calipari's press conference when he talked to the media about Saturday's game at Arkansas. Yeah, John, you recently told us that uh, fresh minds and fresh legs win in the end. Yet because of the injuries, you've been playing guys, five guys close to 40 minutes. Is there a concern there, the balance there? Well, the fresh legs and minds are not just two games a week. It's what are you doing with all the other time, which is probably more than what you're doing with the games. When I coached at uh, UMass and we were playing five and six guys, we just had really shortened versions of practice. Um, Our thing yesterday was an hour and we didn't do anything at each other. It was more of a cerebral on the court, do some shooting. Here we go. Today will be a little different. Back then I was practicing an hour and 15, 20 minutes because we got what we needed in the games. I think this team needs a little bit more than that because we're trying to get other guys ready who maybe not playing as much, but it's, it all is the same. Fresh minds, fresh bodies, fresh, here we go, you know, excited about the next game. Um, but it's what I try to do every year. But it's different. The, in 2014, our practices were three hours at this time. I started five freshmen. If you remember, we struggled until the tournament. Tweaked a couple things, and all of a sudden we went on a run. But we needed more work. We needed to be in the gym more. Um, hey, John, how you doing? Um, you know, Eric Musman was saying, you know, two years ago when you guys had the big comeback after you got tossed, um, that maybe Arkansas, the players weren't emotionally ready to handle that. They were a little too amped up. Now he feels like, you know, you look at them beating Auburn, beating Tennessee, they're, they're maybe better mentally. I don't know if you can discern this from watching them on tape, but do they look like a mature uh, team? And I guess what, what are you expecting from them c- coming into this environment? Um, well, first of all, what I've seen, um, they, they will scramble up the game, but they never really seem to be out of control. So they're disciplined in what they're doing. Um, they're running motion and curl cuts and, you know, spin cuts and back doors and all the stuff that they're doing, but there's some organization to it yet, whether it's offense or defense, they'll scramble up the game a little bit. Um, they play really hard. They don't go let go of the rope at any point in any game I've watched. Um, you know, I watched the Alabama game. They never stopped. 
they just gave themselves a chance. And, uh, um, you know, whether it be what happened with Tennessee and how hard they play, they just, they're, they're not going to beat themselves. You got to go in there and you got to beat them. And it's really hard to do. Now, I was wondering what, what Wheeler and Washington status status is for this game. But thanks. I don't know. I have not seen them today. On that point, everybody's having a little fun with the I haven't seen them thing with injury updates. Can you just explain a little bit? What is your process with your medical staff and getting updates on guys? I know you probably don't want the opponent to know what, what's going on, but how do you handle all those things internally? I, I am not like if they don't play, they don't play. I mean, I'm not. They may call me the night before and won't call me. They text me and say, uh, we're, we're going to see in the morning if he's available right now. I have not met with our trainer. I have not seen either kid. Uh, I'll know before we start that they're going to go practice and then we'll practice. And if they don't practice, we'll practice and get ready for the game. I mean, you know, when it's day to day, I'm not going to force a kid to play. Now there may be a point where I say, you know what? I'm not going to let you play today. You just, you need more rest. Let's go. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's a combination of all that stuff. Oscar's talked a lot about how much he loves contact. Uh, I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, how unique his mindset is, uh, kind of going and getting the ball and, and how physically he makes the game. He's got a seven foot four wingspan. And he's got a body that's 255 pounds with 4%, 6% body fat. That makes him different. Um, he rebounds. You ready for this? For some reason, they find him. You know why? He attempts to rebound. So when you don't attempt to rebound because it's too physical, because you got bumped, accepting the block out, you go to get blocked out, you just lean on the guy. You won't believe this. You're not going to rebound. If you attempt to rebound, you attempt to avoid the block out. You have a chance to rebound. And then if you're 255 pounds with 4% body fat and your arms are seven foot four and you got big hands and you've been taught to rebound with two hands, everything with two hands, you have a chance to get a lot of rebounds. John, one of the most frustrating things for us in watching the games now are these incessant replay reviews. Has your opinion of those changed at all? And maybe more importantly, what are you doing to kind of leverage that extra time in coaching your team? Not trying to leverage it. It's frustrating. And I, I would tell you that um, if you wonder why I went crazy the other game is because everybody saw the slap in the face. We all saw it. TV saw it camera crew saw it what took you three minutes and then you go meet with the coach my guys at the free throw line waiting to shoot a free throw and you're having a dialogue about whatever couldn't have been that play because it was a face slap that's why i got upset let's play let's go let's play and every, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose it wasn't me questioning anything it was just let's go speed this thing up Part of it was 
my guy was shooting a free throw. After waiting five minutes, what did he do with the free throw? He missed it. So you're right. Needs to be done quicker. Needs to meet with both coaches. It's a four-second cut. This is what happened. Here's the call. We're not discussing. Let's go. Boom. Let's go play. Yeah, Cal, in the LSU game, we saw Kellen have a productive offensive game without relying on the, the three-point shot very much. I'm kind of wondering if situation uh, without Tati and Severe, the, the value in him learning to play that way, uh, being forced to play that way almost. He and Davion both have been trained as point guards, so they, they know the position. They know how to play it. They're just not as fast as severe and they're not as crafty as Ty Ty, but they can play the position. The issue becomes 40 minutes and that becomes an issue. And, um, you know, but you, you do what you do uh, instead of strategic timeouts, I'm calling a timeout before a TV timeout to give those two extra break. So I may call it at 1230 and everybody says, why would he have called a timeout when in 30 seconds, there was another one. That's why, because in 30 seconds, there was another one. Now, all of a sudden, they get two, three minutes to catch their breath before they have to go out again. So, you know, you have to do some things a little different if you're going to leave them on the floor. And I've tried to do some subbing, but you're watching the game just like I am. Doesn't go well. So you have to leave them in. Yeah, John, I was talking to Dan Issel recently about Oscar's rebound. He kind of said he has Wes Unseld's tenacity and Paul Silas's instincts. I'm wondering how rare is that instinct to know where the ball is going to come off as soon as it's released almost? Well, it, I think they're, they're you know, uh, that's a heck of a compliment, by the way, for, the, for him to say that. And, uh, but I would say, are you – and I'm going after this ball or the first time I'm touched, I'm stopping and I have an excuse. You know, I mean, this kid, it goes after every single ball and he puts his hands up in the air and he jumps. Why at times I get upset. He gets whacked like crazy and you're all watching it just like me. And then it, it's well, his hands are up, but his body touched the guy. That's a foul on him. You just, you know, look, you, you, it can't be one way. Just if you're calling them all, call them all. If you're letting them go, let them go. And we will all figure it out how we have to play the game. But he's a kid that just, you say like a nose for the ball. Well, that's rebound attempts. Now, if I, I don't know if you know, because you guys don't really know rules or anything, but do you know? that when they block out facing him, you do know that's a foul, right? So if the shot goes up and the guy goes to block him out like that, <clears throat> facing him, that is an automatic foul. If two guys get it, you take your choice who you call it on, but it's an automatic foul. They can put their butt on him. They can turn. That's a block out. That is a foul. Automatic foul so as you watch the game you kind of get the gist of okay how are they trying to keep this kid away from the goal they got to do something 
The best thing you can do. Do you want me to give you a secret? And I don't want you to tell anybody. Recruit a guy that's 255 pounds with seven foot wingspan, seven, four, that goes after the ball. You recruit that guy. The other stuff. I know you're trying. We have to. He's too big and all that. And that's why I just say, hey, call the game. It's his advantage. Call the game. Yeah, John, I hope I can ask, too. Uh, as you know, Arkansas's a big guy, Jalen Williams, has a knack for taking charges. He's very kind of a thinking man's player. What advice or what challenge is that for Oscar? Charger a block or a flop or, you know, I mean, he, he doesn't lower his shoulder. It's not how he plays. And you just have to count on people knowing, is that a charge, a block, or is it a flop? But I'll say this, he has really improved. He's gotten so much better. Uh, skill with the ball, ability to shoot. Um, you know, he's he's really gotten better. Really impressed with him. And Kellen was on here earlier, and he was talking about Senior Day Tuesday. How, uh, how would you describe the impact he's made this year? How should he be remembered? Hmm. I mean, you know, here's a young man that gave everything he could to this program and was a great, great teammate. And I've said this before, good, good teams have good players. Great teams have great teammates. And he is a great teammate. I could say the same thing about Davion. They've given everything to this team. If, if they have to score or they get it going fine, if someone else does, those two were the first two to go after Bryson hug him and laugh and be happy. The same with Damien, the same with Keon. I mean, when, when he had his big game. So, I mean, I, I think again, we've been fortunate that he decided that he wanted to come here for that last year. And uh, hopefully he looks at it and says he was fortunate too, because that's how this is supposed to work. It's supposed to benefit him as a player and it's supposed to benefit the program. Coach, hope you're doing well, first of all. Uh, speaking about Kellen's uh, season so far and the progress that he made as the season goes on, game by game, uh, what and the, uh, the, the responsibilities that he, take, that he took on the games, what does it speak for you? What does it mean about his progress, about his, uh, his work ethic and more? How and what is his ceiling from your perspective? Well, the other thing is he's had some injuries that he's played through. That's mental toughness. Like he was going, he's like, hey, I'm getting a chance to start and play at Kentucky. I'm not taking days off. Are you crazy? He would not take a day off. Second thing, very intelligent. He's made suggestions in the games that are like he's coaching. And uh, so he's really, he works at it. He's focused. He's, he's engaged. He has a laser focus on game planning and he's able to talk his teammates through stuff. It's like having another coach on the floor. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks again to Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IVs.
Uh, send me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. We'll have plenty of coverage of the cats and the hogs. Go to my sidelines blog for the live updates during the game. Check out my three takeaways after the game. Uh, check out Jerry Tipton on Twitter at Jerry Tipton, Mark Story, Mark's at Mark C. Story, and Ben Roberts at Ben Roberts HL. Thanks again for, to Bob Holt. Thanks again to everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.